Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm David Walker. On today's podcast, we have a very special guest on board to talk about Falcons, Matt Ryan, the new leadership, and more. But first, I am joined by my partner in all the crimes, the forever and mad online, Gina Kelly. Gina, how you doing? I am doing great, David. Thank you. How are you? I am fantastic. Next up is the editor-in-chief at The Falcoholic, he of the Matt Ryan scrambling tweets, the irreplaceable Dave Choate. Dave, how you doing? Doing good. How are you? <laughs> all I can do is how you doing. I'm sorry. That's, no, that's, that's, all, that's fine. That's, it's, it, give me the crackers. Um, <laughs> that's all I've got. Um, and now our special guest, you know her from ESPN as an NFL analyst on NFL Live as well as her numerous appearances on shows like First Take, Around the Horn, Sports Center, and more. However, we will forever know her as one of the few Matt Ryan stands <laughs> in the national media. If I sound giddy, it's because we're joined by the one and only Mina Kimes. Mina, how are you doing? Um, I'm not going to do the voice, but <laughs> I, I, I'm doing good. But I do feel like I might have lost my Matt Ryan stand status a little bit because I wasn't advocating for the Falcons to take a quarterback. But I did say I could see the argument, which was hard for me personally <laughs> on many levels. Uh, but I still love Matt and I'm excited for Matt this season. I'm excited he got a weapon. I'm only I only want the best for Matty Ice. Oh, I love it. And this is this is why you're on the Falcolic podcast. Um but before we get into all that, the first question we have to ask you, um, is Youngway Koo the greatest player in the NFL right now? And why is your answer yes? Um, my answer is not yes. Oh. It's obviously yes. <laughs> um, I am a little. That's another thing I feel conflicted about, because I think that the onside kick should be done away with. On one hand, I'm, I'm an advocate of the fourth and 15 or whatever, but. I also want Young Hui Koo to maintain his edge. Um, and so I, in the end, I think that's my heart is probably going to win out over my head and I'm going to continue uh, allowing the onside kick to exist because it's up to me, you know, and, and just so that Young Hui Koo can have a job forever. Oh, we're I, I will say I I've been watching the NFL for many, many years, and I don't think I've ever seen a kicker succeed mm. That many times in the span of just a few games, the way that Young Way Koo did, it is stunning. Um, which, honestly, for those of us who watch him in Atlanta, we've known he's been one of our greatest athletes for a while. No one else on the team, as far as I know, Dave, can do a, a backflip and kick the ball through the field goal. So, um, well, Croy Beerman hasn't been on the team in a while. So, <sighs> that's, a, that's a good point. Um, all right. So, Mina. What are your impressions so far of the new leadership for the Falcons in Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith? I mean, I, I think the Falcons got really lucky 
like honestly like you know uh like the robert sala hiring in new york but to me i thought arthur smith was kind of the gem of the class really um with you know bienemy not getting a job uh and then like brian dable staying in buffalo you know it really to me sala and smith were the two guys if i was a team looking for a coach i would i would really want to come away with so i think that's a massive win for atlanta uh, and then, you know, I, I, the other thing, I, I feel like half of the world hasn't noticed that Dean Pease has come out of retirement again, right. like Jay Z, you know, after multiple uh, retirements. <laughs> and I think that's massive as well, because the Falcons are a team where I really, as much as I love Dan Quinn, and I think he's like a phenomenal human being, like this is a team that um, I, I, I really feel like can improve with better coaching, frankly, uh, and play calling and all of that. So to get those two guys. Uh, and then Fano, who who I, I think has had a good off season. I liked what he did in the draft. It's a little early, um, but you know, he was navigating a pretty tough situation with the, the capping with what it was in Atlanta. And I think without a clear mandate, you've got teams like Detroit where everyone knows they're rebuilding. And then you've got teams like that are obviously trying to compete right now. Uh, and Atlanta's kind of in a weird in-between zone. Zoine. Wow, Zoinks. Uh, so I think Terry and Arthur, it's it's an auspicious start for the new duo. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, and going back to what you were saying about, you know, how you said that you could understand that the Falcons had decided to target a quarterback. I was in the same boat. And you and I have talked about Matt Ryan before. You know that I like him just as much as you do. Um, okay. But. I was a little bit surprised because, you know, no matter what, he is um, going to be 36 this year. Um, the Falcons, I didn't really expect Justin Fields to get past the Niners at three, but he did. Mac Jones was also still available. And obviously the Falcons went ahead and went with Pitts. What do you think about that decision? You know, I, I was really torn on it because, especially after the Falcons restructured Matt Ryan's contract, I saw that as a sign that they were leaning towards sticking with him because, as you guys know all too well, pushing that money into the future suggested that they were less likely to part ways with him after uh, not just this season, but the following season. And I, and this was an issue I had when Green Bay drafted Jordan Love, I understand drafting a quarterback and expecting him to sit for one year, but I don't think it makes sense, frankly, generally to draft a quarterback and sit in for two years, unless you like have both an amazing current quarterback. And I don't know, you're drafting like Trevor Lawrence, I guess you can defend it, but so much of the benefit of having the rookie quarterback is the contract. And even if they were to move on from Matt after one year, they would still have to absorb and do the trade after June 1st, assuming they could find a trade partner. We're talking about a lot of dead money. So yeah. It, it just kind of once they did that, I thought more likely than not, they're either going to trade down or take a player. I thought they're going to trade down. But then I, the you started kind of getting more heat around Kyle Pitts. And I think more people watching his tape and realizing what an insane player he is, what you know, is, was, will be. And I, by the end of it, I had kind of come around to the idea of just turning the offense into a death star into, in 2021. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> And, you know, to maybe stretch that Death Star metaphor a little too far, how long do you think that Matt Ryan can captain that thing uh, in the giant mm -hmm. laser? Do you think that <laughs> he will hit a wall before 40? Is he the kind of guy that's going to age gracefully? And, you know, what does that mean for this team, do you think, um, if he can or cannot? 
Yeah, I, I think um, Matt took a bit of a step back last year, candidly. Like, it was not a great season for him. I also, I, you know, I've, I've had issues with the Falcons play calling uh, on offense for a couple of years now. So I don't think, like, going back to Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers also took a step back before last season. Everyone seems kind of has, like, forgotten that, even though that's what preceded the love pick and arguably precipitated it in some ways. So I think it's entirely possible that um, Ryan, who's obviously a very different kind of quarterback from Rodgers, does have a bit of a comeback this year, depending on, you know, the play calling, how the protection holds up. It's kind of really about the pieces around him, like looking within your guys' own division to Tom Brady. The biggest reason for Tom Brady's success is protection. Like you saw his splits with and without pressure. They're incredibly dramatic. And to me, that's going to be a big a big factor in Atlanta next over not just next year, but over the next few years, can you protect Matt Ryan? I think if you can protect him with the playmakers they have, um, the offense can continue to be very like a top 10 offense moving forward. So Mina, on that note, um, (laughs) do you find it frustrating or lonely being one of the few sort of in the national media who does hold a relatively good opinion of Ryan. Cause I know for us, you know, we cover him very, very closely. Um, it, it does seem like every time we're turning on the national media, there there's, uh, you know, obviously you've got the Patrick Mahomes of the world. Um, mm. almost as if, if you're not Patrick Mahomes, you don't count in the league. Now, if you're not that super athletic, big armed quarterback, uh, you know, people are constantly looking for, and we saw that in this draft class where people were talking about, uh, Justin Fields, his athleticism, Trey Lance, his athleticism. Um, and yet you still see guys like Matt Ryan, uh, who is, yeah. in my opinion, still a very effective quarterback. Is it frustrating to see sort of that talk shift purely to athleticism? Yeah. I, so I'll make this point. Well, first of all, the conversation around Matt Ryan, I think he's overlooked a lot just because the team's bad. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I think that, you know, it, it, like, Matt Ryan, everyone I work with knows that he um, is a good quarterback and, you know, we also all like saw what happened with Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger, like people see what's happening. It's just, if the team's bad, you're less likely to talk about the quarterback. But as far as him being sort of more of the traditional pocket passer uh, model, you know, going into this draft and, and especially talking about the San Francisco pick, I kept saying, show me a, a, a pocket passer who lacks mobility, who was drafted, in the last heck 10 years, but you can go more recently than that and has had great success in the league. And there are not examples like the best examples, I guess, are Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins and uh, who both of whom, you know, like are sort of that not in that top tier. However, um, there's a difference with between that this latest generation and Matt Ryan, which is that Ryan came up at a different moment in the league, like mm-hmm. his development. An arc was different. The way defenses played, the way offenses were called was different. So he's like, if Matt Ryan came into the NFL now, I don't think he would have had the same career candidly. And when you do lack that mobility, Matt Ryan has a much stronger arm than, you know, like some of the, like, I don't know. I think he's got a stronger arm than like Mac Jones, for example, who mm-hmm. um, it was sort of the prototype for the pocket passer in this draft. But Coming into the league now, it's my point was not that you can't succeed as a pocket passer. Clearly, we just saw one in the Super Bowl. My point is that when you're drafted now as a rookie, it's a lot harder 
to develop as a pocket passer when you don't when you can't lean on your legs to get out of trouble the way a Justin Herbert can and on the, or Joe Burrow even, you know? And so I think that with Matt, again, like the, he can still be a top quarterback, but he also is in that position because of the fact that he's been in the league for so long. Do you, uh, as a follow-up to that, do you think that mm-hmm. some of that is just a lack of patience in the NFL now? It seems like yeah. coaches know they have a short, short window in which to be successful and they, it, sometimes it takes several years to build up a really good offensive line or the talent around them. I completely think that. And then the other thing I'll add is I think a lot of the um, mobile quarterbacks now are better passers than they were years ago. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. obviously you guys going from Vic to Ryan has kind of seen both sides of the same coin. Like if Vic comes into the career now, he is probably a very different into the NFL now, pardon me. Or if he is taught how to play football now, he has a very different career than he did. I always um will say i believe with vic if he had ended up with andy reed a lot earlier his entire career would have been so much better yeah no offense so um i just think yeah a lot of it has to do with the way football's coached now with the way it's called and um things are just very different but all of that doesn't mean that matt ryan and the falcons and arthur smith can't have a very successful offense in 2021 This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys! It's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay snack It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay snack bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Yeah, and I especially am excited to see, because you mentioned the play calling has been um, questionable the past couple of years. But I do want to switch gear- switch gears a little bit and go back to, we've talked a little bit about Aaron Rodgers here. Hmm. We saw some big shakeups this offseason with veteran quarterbacks, with Matt Stafford being traded. Um, there's all of this drama circling right now about Rodgers. And so looking at what the Falcons decided to do or didn't do with Matt Ryan, like how would you compare those? situations uh well you know it's interesting i think like probably the mm, like an, an a more comparable situation would be i don't know detroit parting ways yeah. with matt stafford but detroit has a bad football team and then some people might look at Atlanta and say well like how good is this team well i think they're better frankly mm-hmm. than detroit um Atlanta underperformed last year based on point differential. Like they should have. And you saw that, like it was such a, it's such a bizarre team. Like there'd be games like the Chiefs game. You're like, wait, what is happening? Who, you know? And yes. um, again, that's why I think a, a lot of it is coaching. I do think there's some issues with talent on defense, particularly in the secondary, but um, you know, I, and yeah, I, I think every 
team has to look at their roster and their timeline when deciding whether to move on from their quarterback. That's why trading Russell Wilson, for example, made no sense. Uh, yes. because, saying that because I was like, the Seahawks just won the effing division. Why would they trade their <laughs> Hall of Fame quarterback? Whereas a team like Detroit, it made sense because they weren't going anywhere and they kind of had to mm-hmm. hit reset. And, you know, speaking of Atlanta, you noted the the Chiefs game, which was bizarre, but wonderful um, in, in mm-hmm. its way. Just looking at the the talent base of this team, looking at the new coaching staff and the regard you hold them in, is this just the Buccaneers division straight out with everyone looking like they, they either took a step back or didn't take a big enough step forward? Or do you think the Falcons and maybe Panthers are in on this thing? Um, I think definitely you've got the Falcons and Panthers moving in opposite direction from the Saints for obvious reasons. We'll see. Even setting aside the quarterback situation in New Orleans, it, the roster was, you know, kind of tapped out, right? Like they had to let guys go. They had kind of a weird draft, in my opinion, candidly. So like, I, I'm, we'll see what happens there, but it feels like they're in a transition period. I think Atlanta should also be very happy that uh, Carolina didn't take a quarterback uh, in the draft, <laughs> which is something I, I was ambivalent about Atlanta. And then I thought Carolina should absolutely draft a quarterback, which is weird to me that more people didn't agree because I was like, Matt Ryan's better than Sam Darnold and you have way more money committed to him than Carolina did. But I digress. I think um, there's still a young team with a lot of holes as well. To me, it really just comes down to uh, can the young players in the secondary improve uh, what the, you know, what can coaching help um and then can matt ryan rebound and i think the places are the pieces are in place for him to rebound with the coaches and you know the addition of pits uh so mina we're we're coming up on the amount of time uh we've agreed to so again thank you (laughs) for for joining us um it really is a pleasure but i do have one last question for you before we uh wrap things up kyle pitts um we've we've sort of talked around him a little bit we've talked about the offense and um, I've heard a lot of talk around him that has, uh, in my, myself included as a fan, you know, we, we can get a little bit crazy. Um, the hype seems to be a bit out of control at times. Yeah. Um, we're hearing ca- comparisons, not just to some of the great tight ends in the league, but, you know, some people are talking about Calvin Johnson, who is arguably one of the greatest wide receivers to have played. Um, but let me ask you, what do you think of his potential and in particularly, I think with Arthur Smith, who seems to be really, really good at using tight ends. So how do you see Pitt spinning yeah. in? And, and do you feel like some of the hype is too much? Or do you think that he really does have an incredible uh, ceiling ahead of him? Well, so from a schematic standpoint, first, I actually am very curious to see what Arthur Smith does, because while he has used, you know, two tight ends a lot in, in Tennessee and um called a really successful and interesting offense there. By the way, I have Julio in Dynasty, and I am just praying that Arthur Smith delivers me from red zone hell with my with my <laughs> beloved Julio. But um, I, I think the personnel in Atlanta is very different from what he had in Tennessee. That includes Pitts, who's you know in, super different from Johnny Smith, um, but also Matt Ryan is very different from Ryan Tannehill. Uh, Atlanta does not have a dominant back, uh, as much as I love Seahawks legend Mike Davis. So... <laughs> He is on the Falcons, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, mm-hmm. so great player. So, anyways, um, it's a very different group of players. So, I don't think we know exactly what uh, Arthur is going to do with the players at his disposal. That said, 
I think part of the reason I'm so optimistic about Kyle Pitts, not only his healing, which is obviously, you know, the moon, but um, his ab- ability to make an impact immediately in the league, which is unusual for tight ends. Usually it takes a year or so um, is because a, he's got a very good play caller B he's got a decent quarterback uh, and C he also plays with, you know, one of the better wide receiver groups in the NFL. Like Kyle Pitts is not going to be doubled. Like Kyle Pitts is, <laughs> they're going to be able to get the matchups they want, whether it's, you know, a linebacker that he's faster than or a DB that he's bigger than because Julio Jones exists. And so um, it's, it's like, not only does Kyle Pitts have all these like absurd tools and I watched, you know, all of his college tape, like everyone else and laughed, but also he ended up like, we talk a lot about quarterback situations. He ended up in the best possible situation for a pass cat for a skill player. And that is really unusual um, for a tight end entering the league. Excellent points. Um, I, I've, I have one more question for you. Yeah. Um, and I want to add this in because uh, you've been gracious with your time. We have bombarded you with Falcons questions. So I'm going to finish <laughs> with a Seahawks question. Okay. And it is simply this. Will Russell Wilson retire as a Seattle Seahawk? Oh, man. I'm inclined to think probably not. Not because of any the, the whole Russell Wilson trade hype cycle, but like who's retiring on their same team anywhere these days? Like Tom Brady true. goes to the Bucks. Aaron Rodgers wants out. We saw what happened with Peyton. I mean, like the Drew Brees is kind of the exception. Like all of these like goat quarterbacks are moving at the end of their careers. And that kind of mm-hmm. takes me back to your question about Matt Ryan and ending his career or whatever in Atlanta. It just seems more often than not that those interests don't always align at the end. But I, I would certainly hope that he does as a Seahawks fan. And then there we have it. Ladies and gentlemen, Mina Kimes, thank you again. So Mina, before we part ways, would you let our listeners know where they can find you and what you have going on? Yeah, you guys can um, catch my takes on the other 31 teams on the uh, Mina Kimes show featuring Lenny, which is my NFL podcast. Um, a lot of Matt Ryan enthusiasm there. So uh, if you're a Falcons <laughs> fan listening, hopefully you won't get angry uh, at any disrespect. Oh, there's plenty of disrespect that comes from Atlanta Falcons <laughs> fans for Matt Ryan. Yeah, um, unfortunately. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I love Falcons fans. It's one of my favorite fan bases. So. <laughs> uh, we we're, have, yeah. We're the collective <laughs> we, bunch. Yeah, we've been bound together by our mutual misery. <laughs> I like it. Yes, we're, we're all broken. Um, <laughs> Gina, remind our listeners where they can find you, what you have going on. You can find me at Gina Thomas on Twitter. It's J-E-A-N-N-A Thomas. And right now you can find me doing as little as possible because I am fired from the draft. (laughs) (laughs) Dave, wrap us up. Let us know where they can find you, what you've got going on. Uh, You can find me at the Falcoholic on Twitter, where I'm warming up some Matt Ryan scrambling tweets for at least one more year. (laughs) And uh, on the site, uh, be sure to check out this week. We have scouting reports on all the Falcons uh, picks, which I think are going to be great. And Evan Birchfield is talking to a lot of our undrafted free agents. Um, Some great interviews coming up as well. Great stuff as always. As for me, guys, you can find me on Twitter at FalcoholicDW. Updates for this podcast at FalcoholicPod. And of course, our articles daily at TheFalcoholic.com. For our special guests, Mina Kimes, David Choate, and Gina Kelly, this is David Walker. Thank you guys for listening in. We'll talk with you next time.